0: Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. While you find it, I'm going to read you something funny. I laughed at this anyhow. So It says, listen, the secret of a good sermon is to have a good beginning and a good ending and to have the two as close together as possible. A Sunday school teacher asked the children just before she dismissed them to go to church. And she said this and says, why is it necessary to be quiet in church? And he replied, because people are sleeping. So look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Praise God. Let's pray again right quick. Father, we just thank you for the infallible word of God. I thank you that the word is alive this morning. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It it divides between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, that the word is sharp, it is powerful, it is alive, it quickens us, God. And so this morning, I pray that that the word of the Lord would quicken us, it would build faith in us, it would encourage us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Let's look at this verse of scripture in Acts chapter 3, in verse uh, uh, 19. I ain't even found it myself. There it is. It says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Let's read it one more time. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now listen, um, That I, got, I really got multiple things I want to say so some kind of way I'll try to tie all this together and ask the Lord to help me but I really want to get I just want to lay a little groundwork to get up to where I'm going now we can look back in the history of the church and see that there are tremendous times that the Lord has visited his people in times of refreshing Um, today is the i think the last day is that correct of the of the of the feast of tabernacles and so that is another appointed time of the lord uh, of the times of refreshing but each move of God that has come, how many knows the Bible says in Hebrews 13 and 8 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? But if you and I would be honest, where, the, where we live at in, in, in the areas of life that we're at, it, it, I don't see much of the Jesus that I saw in the book of Acts in my society. Or even in the church, if if we will, we uh, the Bible says in Nazareth that Jesus did a few miracles in Nazareth. We, 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 it's difficult to get the church up to a Nazareth standard, if you will, but, um, but. <clears throat> so when we see in the book of Acts the kingdom advancement that took place in the book of Acts, then the the, uh, the church went through the dark ages and all of that, and then uh, God began to b- bring restoration back to the church and times of refreshing begin to come. So that one of the major points and and that God in the times of refreshing that he does is he comes to reinstate, listen to this, he comes to emphasize essential truths about the nature and purpose of God that have been ignored or discarded or lost by successive generations. So a lot of things that where the church started out in the Book of Acts were either were either stolen or either lost. And one of those things that you know, every time that the ark of, of the covenant got um, uh, hijacked or, or, or stolen one of the first things that they would take out was Aaron's rod that budded, which represented the power of God. But one of the things that the message, the message that the church has never lost the baton on is the jar of manna, the message of salvation. But how many knows there's a whole lot more in the Bible besides just preaching a salvation message? <clears throat> if all we preached every Sunday was salvation, we would have a bunch of people converted, but they would be babes in Christ. So we have to go beyond uh, just a salvation message, and I'm going to preach about that this morning. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1 and 12, it says that he labors to establish us in a present truth. Now, uh, all truth is not created equal, some truths are greater. Faith, hope, what? And love, but the greatest is what? love and so but but we're laboring to be established in a present truth. So just because God was writing something in the 1960s doesn't mean that God is necessarily heralding or the same emphasis is upon that truth today. The deal is that you and I want to be in the right now present saying of God. The Bible says that man doesn't live by bread alone, but what every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That word proceeds there means right now. God is saying something right now today. If your name is called Word, that means you like to talk. A lot of times it's not on His end of speaking, it's on our end of hearing. You know, if you ride down the road, you could, what is the local radio station here? 92.1. Is that right? But if you get a great distance away from it, it's hard to pick that up. But if you got satellite radio, glory to God! It don't matter if you're in the country or in town, you still got it. Okay, so it's not God's ability to speak to us; it's our ability to hear. So, so each of these truths comes back to to reveal uh, what what has been lost or or stolen uh, from us. So this, and it comes to bring us into establish us into the present move of God in the present truth. So around the year 1500. If you will, now Martin Luther was not the first man to run with the grace message, but but at his time in the in the ones previous, that at this time most of the church didn't have a Bible. Okay, there was a Catholicism, and that you had to depend on the priest to interpret the word for you. You didn't have a personal relationship; uh, you had it really through the priest, if you will, and you and and so uh, no, the Bible wasn't widespread, so those men that were running with that message had to hand write the Bible, which there's no way that you could get it out in mass production like that. But God has a way of not only in the realm of the spirit, he runs in the natural too, if you will. So Johannes Gutenberg invented what? The printing press, which allowed uh, those that would run with the message now, we didn't have to handwrite write the Bible, now it could be in mass print and give it to the people. How many knows the Bible says that we pair what because of lack of knowledge information is not just something it is information it forms us on the inside if you will and so um Martin Luther is running with this and he he has this revelation that I don't believe that my relationship with God has to be lived between me and the priest and God, but I believe that Jesus Christ is actually our high priest and that I can have a personal relationship with God now through Jesus Christ that I don't have to go through the pastor, if you will, to have a relationship. Now this message was earth shattering when he began to preach it because Martin Luther said that he himself had to look into a mirror to preach the message lest he himself forget the revelation that God had gave him. Now he gets he he goes and nails this 95 thesis on the wall of a on the door of a church in Wittenberg, Germany, and therefore by where we get now that we get the grace message and by grace alone that we are saved. How many are you thankful that you don't have to go through me to have a relationship with God? Hello. You don't have to go to the church. You don't have to go through the denomination. You have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because he is our high priest forever, friend. We have a priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. I don't have to call the headquarters or somebody else. I can go to prayer and talk straight to God. This is a truth that was was emphasized now, um, John Wycliffe and these different ones pioneered the same message, but they didn't have a, a the ability to put the Bible into print, and therefore was limited. But when Johannes Gutenberg invented the printing press, it was on then for the message to run. Now we see about two hundred years, if you will, that not there was there was there were little tremors, if you will, uh, that got small on the Richter scale, but nothing really tipped the scales until there was. There was these Wesley brothers. And they came to Georgia. This this is what always gives me hope that John Wesley actually started a church in Georgia and he couldn't make it and had to go back. <laughs> Junior, I, I always said, listen, John Wesley shook a whole country, but he couldn't make it in Georgia, glory to God. Listen. That's how, <laughs> I mean, you gotta be a man of steel to pastor one in Georgia. But listen. John Wesley has a revelation but he's 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 coming to he's coming to America. He's on a ship and he he comes up and he plants a church and things doesn't happen the way that he thought that they should happen. So he gets back on the boat and on his way home they get in this violent storm. And in this storm, they're actually, they're fearing for their lives. And the, the Wesleys are on there with another group of people called the Moravians. And the Moravians, man, are in the storm, and they're just singing unto the Lord. I mean, just like, and, and, and I can imagine probably if I'd have been, I'd be like, man, would y'all please be quiet, because we're fixing to die, and y'all in here trying to have worship service. But the Moravians had a relationship that Wesley didn't have. They had peace with God that they were saved through faith, and they also understood the move of the Spirit. And so they talked to Wesley about, listen, what you, man, if you study his life, that he struggled. A lot of these men that were used by God struggled so hard to believe that they were truly saved. Even Finney, they 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 they, they struggled in the beginning to believe that they were truly saved. And then Wesley, on that trip. Here's about the baptism of the spirit and Wesley and throughout his move of, of the great awakening what was birthed back in the church was the message of holiness now let me say this the sad thing is is it's for the church to camp out in a truth that was established 400 years ago some churches stop at just the grace message some stop at just the holiness message and therefore has turned the car so hard that now we have to wear long sleeves and pants. One of my real good friends, I've told you this story when he was a little boy, when they would go to the beach, he had to wear Levi's and a long-sleeve shirt into the water. Friend, if you get a pair of Levi's wet and a long-sleeve shirt wet, don't get very deep. The current's gonna snatch you out. And what we learned is, listen, that it's not the outward appearance that God is looking at; it's the inward appearance that He's looking at. Remember when He went to anoint David? He he brought the children out first. Man, the first one was a good-looking boy. He was a Bagley. He was tall, dark, and handsome. Listen, but when Sam, when when Samuel told him, he said, "Listen," he said, "This is not the one. You look, you look at the outside. You get, you get, you get your eyes on the outside. But God's looking far through the outside, and He sees the inside of the man." which is the heart. And so these movements begin to come. So we get camped out in certain movements and we just, well, we're gonna be holiness. I believe in holiness. Holiness is an absolute essential truth to the body of Christ. And without it, no man shall see the Lord. But holiness has nothing to do if you got a skirt on or a pair of shorts. It has everything to do with the circumcision of the heart. Can't get no help up in here. Listen. Listen. Now we had tremors. Now notice this: that you had about two hundred years, then you had another two hundred years. Now the tremors are getting closer. Now we're not waiting every two hundred years. Now within a hundred years of of um, with that things are beginning to happen and things are getting closer. So in nineteen oh six, which started Azusa, but Azusa began far before nineteen oh six. That. Actually, Wales was in 1904. Okay, gotcha. Evan Roberts was a young man in Wales that was believing God for his youth group and believing God for like, I can't, I can't remember the exact number of souls, but anyhow, God did that what he, in a very short amount of time, what he was believing for. So the move of God that happened in Wales, the outpouring of the Spirit, crossed over and got here. They were... They were men preaching on the baptism of the Spirit. William Seymour was a guy, an uh, uh, African-American man that had lost one eye due to smallpox. And he could not sit in the meeting because of the color of his skin. But they left the door open where he could hear the teaching. Now, I believe that he was prophetically named Seymour because he saw more than most of the people in his day. So he leaves from that meeting and goes to California into a church and begins to preach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, they didn't like the message and they throw him out and he goes to the mission house and the rest is history, what happened there at that meeting. But in 1906, that movement covered the whole entire globe. And now we had people that not only had just, uh, j- just uh, the Word, but now we had the Spirit accompanying the Word. Are, are you in now? So now we have the baptism of the Spirit. But look right here. We're, that was in 1906. We're in 2016, and there are still churches today that just only emphasize that message. There is a lot happened since that message. Now, if you in the mid-part of the century, in the 40s and the 50s, God began to highlight the healing ministry again. Have, y'all with me? I'm trying to get somewhere, and we'll get there in just a second. I'm trying to lay this groundwork. But in the 40s and 50s, we had um we had the healing ministers. You had Oral Roberts in the tent. You had A.A. A. Allen in the tent. You had uh, William Branham and all these different ones. And so God was, again, bringing back essential truths to the church that, listen, healing is for today. It did not go away when the canning of the scripture was complete. And it did not go, miracles did not go away when the last apostle died. That miracles are for today. All right, now, let's look at this. <clears throat> the word repent that he says in Acts chapter 3, I'm, I'm right here now. i got a few more minutes left and I'm going to talk about this. <coughs> that in Acts chapter 3 verse 19, it says to repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Watch so that times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. So repentance is a major key in this verse. Now, what we think about repent is we think about coming to an altar, bawling your eyeballs out, bawling our eyeballs out, and that then we go back. But the word repent has has far more meaning than that. Now, how many knows this? Hebrews 6.1 says this. It says, let us move past the elementary things. Let us, get, let us get beyond elementary, is that not what it says? Let us get beyond elementary things mo- and, and, and move uh, on from that, not laying again the foundation of repentance, of dead works, right? And towards God. Let's, uh, so the repentance is, is a turning from something and a turning to something. We turn from death unto life. We turn from dead works unto God. So it's a turning from, and the word repent, it literally means to change the way we think. Now here's the deal. We repent enough to be forgiven, but we don't go further to repent enough to begin to see the kingdom. Now, when I started out in the 90s, I didn't hear a lot of message preached about the kingdom of God. I heard a lot of message preached about heaven when I was a little boy. That heaven is heaven is where we go. And listen to this, listen to this, write this down. Do not confuse your destiny with your assignment. Your destiny is heaven. Everybody's going to heaven when you die in this room that is born again. Scared some of you right there. I seen it right. Oh my God! Oh Jesus! Huh? If you are born again and know the Lord Jesus Christ, heaven is your home. That is your destiny. But your assignment is to get what you have at home right now and bring it to where you're living right now. That is the message of the kingdom. The message of the kingdom is we have a king who is over kings. I can't get no. I'm tr- trying to help right here. Revelations 5, 10 says that he is king of kings and lord of lords. Who is the king of kings? Jesus is the king. Who's the kings he's king of? Us. Yeah, that's good. Come on. We're kings and priests under our God. So <clears throat> the kingdom message is that the king is ruling in his kingdom over his kings. And we're to bring that influence into every part of society. Now here's the thing. If I only have the salvation message, I do not have an a, a antidote for the problem that I see outside the walls of the church. Because my only hope is to get them somehow that they will stumble and come in here. And they will hear the message of the lamb and they will receive the lamb and get saved. But I have nothing, I I have nothing to offer to the problem that's outside the walls of the church. But, I believe, but if I believe there's a king that has a kingdom, And that I am an ambassador of that kingdom that now he has given me authority. Come on, somebody. He has transferred the authority unto me on the earth to represent him here. That now I believe that that message is dominant over what I see dominate my society. When I see sickness going rampant in this earth, I believe that the king has an antidote to that sickness. And that is the message of the kingdom. When I see torment going on outside of this room, I know within me that there's something in me that's greater than that torment that's on the loose and that message of the kingdom begins to reside and say, hey, there's got to be an answer for that. All right, so now that things begin to shift and I begin to think, because remember he told John, he didn't tell John, he told Nicodemus in John chapter three, he said, repent, repent, we must be born again What to see the kingdom you're not even aware of the kingdom until we're born again you know like I, I, I watch the news and it, and it gets me fighting mad to be honest with you some of the things I see and I'm thinking how can people think like that how could you possibly even think like that you know the reason why because they're blind they cannot see not only that they're dead. The Bible says, "Before Christ, we were dead in a trespass of sin." And church don't believe in raising from the dead. We all been raised from the dead if we saved in this place. I didn't had one resurrection in my life. Me, I can't get no help. Of it. I'm thinking, how how can you think like? How can you believe that? When we when tell a politician and, and explain partial birth abortion, and they still look and say, "Well, I believe in the woman's right," how can you think like that? Because you are blinded by the god of this world, and until your eyes are open. It's like the soldiers that were crucifying Jesus. They was blinded doing it, taunting him. Oh, hell to the king of the Jews, all this. But listen, when he cried out with a voice and the earth began to shake, they looked, oh my God, surely this was the son of God. What happened? Their eyes were open. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right there on that. Boy, I felt Ric Flair come on me. The nature boy. He come out right there, I'm telling you. Listen, they're they're blinded by the God of this world. So when we repent, we begin to change the way we think. Listen, changing the way you think is not an exercise that you're going to just do and it just happens. How to change the way we think? Number one, we're in a kingdom that is totally opposite to the one you and I are living in. The kingdom that you and I, this is an upside down kingdom that Misty Edwards used to sing about. It's an upside down kingdom. It's opposite than what we're used to. So out here in the world, if you want to get up, you got to step on somebody to get up. In this kingdom, you got to get low. In this kingdom, you humble yourself and then to be exalted. In that kingdom, you receive to get. In this kingdom, you get you give to receive. It's totally opposite. So you have to, you have to, you have to read the word, train yourself in the word, and allow the word to penetrate and get on the inside of you. That it's not just letters on the page. Now it's it's information in here. It's forming us on the inside. Now, let's look at this verse of scripture in Luke 16. Can you go there with me? If you can't, somebody help them get there. Luke 16. Luke 16, you there? Verse 16. Now, Jesus came to preach a kingdom. That was his message. Are you with me? He didn't come with a salvation message, he came with a kingdom message. Inside the kingdom message is a salvation message. Inside, he didn't come with a deliverance ministry, he came with a kingdom message. Inside the kingdom message is deliverance. He didn't come with a healing ministry. But he came with a kingdom message because inside the kingdom message there's healing. Are you with me? Now let's look at this verse of scripture. The law and the prophets were what? Until John. It's a powerful statement right there. He said the law and the prophets were what? Until John. Stop. New message is being preached now. It's a whole new era and a whole new day and a whole new message that's fixing to be introduced right here. I'm not preaching what I preach in the Old Covenant. <clears throat> the law and the prophets were until John. The Old Covenant reveals, the. this is what the Old Testament is. It gives us the history, it reveals the power of sin and that there's nothing that mankind can do to remove the sin on our own. I don't care how, listen to me, I don't care how many self-help books you get, I don't care how much discipline you got in your life, you do not have the power to change you. If you had the power to change you, Jesus would have never came to the cross. But we did not have no power to change us and we had a written Statement that was against us when Adam sinned in the garden. I I want to listen. Man lost it in the garden, so man had to come get it back. When Jesus said he came to seek and to save that which was lost, humanity wasn't the only thing that was lost. The deed to the garden was lost. Creation was lost. Hello, everything was subject to the enemy. He had the deed in his hand, so man had to come get it back. So God left heaven and became a man. Think about that. The creator of heaven and earth had to learn how to walk and talk. That's why Philippians said he humbled himself and became a man. The fact that he humbled himself, God has given him now a name which is above every name. And we have this promise that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Now, it shows us that we had no absolute help. There is nothing we can do. We got a requirement. Listen, that in sin, God was not going to have anything to do with sin. That's why when they, went into the, that's why when they crossed the Jordan, they killed everybody and moved them out. Because God said, my holy nation, ain't going to, there's nothing that they're doing over there that's going to infect what I'm doing. In the old covenant, if you touch a leper, you got leprosy. In the New Testament, you touch a leprosy, and their leprosy leaves. All right. So until John, the law and the prophets were were preached. Now listen to this. You know this, but some may not. In the book of Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Covenant, the prophet Malachi, God is silent for 400 years. We hear nothing. There's no Samuel running around. It's silent for 400 years. Now, why did the Holy Spirit, when Luke was writing, why did he highlight the law and the prophets were preached until John? Because John was the one that broke the silence. For 400 years, they're silent. God is silent and to a man named John is running around eating wild locusts and wearing camel's hair and he breaks the silence with this message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. How far is heaven away? It's the arm's reach. The miracle you need today is right at hand. I can tell you when it was in here when she was when she was blaring that song. He was handing it out on plates up in here. All you had to do in that moment is reach by faith and grab it. Pow! Surely God's going to come through for me. Steadfast my soul. That's every every time she. I said, God, quiet my emotions within me. Steadfast my soul, and let me look up to the hills which cometh my strength. That's when he's in this room to do something. Are you with me now? So John breaks the silence. For 400 years, we don't hear nothing from God. Now we got this wild man that don't put his church out there by Walmart. He started his church in the wilderness. Rob Parsons used to talk about how he put his in a cornfield, but he put it in Columbus, Ohio, okay? Ain't hey, a little cornfield. <laughs> You remember that? He said, God gonna give you that cornfield and on. So, John was in the wilderness preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, listen to this. The first mention of 400 years in the Bible has to do with the children of Israel when they left, when they, when they went to Egypt and stayed for 400 years. Now, they were there for 400 years until a man got a revelation. And the revelation he got was put everybody inside, have a meal called Passover, and take the lamb's blood and apply it to the doorpost because tonight when the death angel rolls into town, every house that I see the blood over I will skip and the house I don't see the blood on, I'm going to roll in there and take the firstborn. Is that not in the Bible? Now, so in this first Exodus, what what created what what was the message that saved these people? It was the blood of a lamb. Are you with me now? Which was a type of shadow of Jesus on the cross. But thank God we don't have to go crucify an animal no more because once you when Jesus became the spotless lamb, all the types and shadows went away. So now, What God is saying in John's message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is what he's saying. Listen, I'm about to release a new nation. And for the first time since Genesis chapter one, I'm about to bring creation again. This is gonna be a holy nation that's not gonna be born in the wilderness or gonna be delivered from, but it's gonna be born of the spirit. Now listen, when you and I got saved, you got to understand that he just didn't help your old man. This is this is where a lot this is where I used to struggle. God, if you could just kill that part of me. Let me tell you, he killed every part of you. Oh, we really? Okay. The John Bagley that resided from May 2nd, 1979 to February 2nd of 1998 was killed. He died on February 2nd. 1998. There was a gravestone set. He died. Now where the enemy beats us is he tries to convince us that that man is still in existence. Because if you believe that man is still in existence, then you will, you will heed to the cravings that that old man had. No help. But he died of supernatural causes. Now, listen, when you got born again, he did not come in. This is, he didn't come into your house and give your house a makeover. He bulldozed your house to the dirt. He bulldozed the slab and everything there. Boom! He brought it back down to fresh ground. Then he created a new house. Am I in the book? It says that all things have passed away. Behold, all things have come. If any man be in Christ, not in church, not in a denomination, but if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. That means a whole new species. Something that ain't never been seen before on the earth. So when I got born again, I became a whole new species and the old man was dead. Let me. I'm just... The gospel of salvation is focused on getting people saved and going to heaven. The gospel of the kingdom is focused on the transformation of lives, cities, and nations. Don't get confused with your destiny. and Don't confuse your destiny with your assignment. Heaven is my destiny while bringing the kingdom is my assignment. This is the message that we got to have. Now let me just say this. Turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Just look right over in verse 20. Now, with with the salvation message, it is is preached that He came to forgive us of our sins. Let me say this. When you got saved, you got more than forgiveness. Let's go 10 more minutes. We're going to stretch it right here. 10 more minutes. I ain't got no clock, so I don't know, but I know I'm still under, I'm under the legal limit right here. It's legal to 12. <laughs> Salvation went beyond, I gotta tell you this, beyond just forgiving you of your sins. You remember when the when the when the parapolitic was there and Jesus and, and they got mad at Jesus because he said, take up your bed and walk, thy sins be forgiven. They were outraged. Now, if he would have healed him, they wouldn't have been as mad. But when he said, thy sins be forgiven, they were outraged. And they said, who are you but only God have the power to forgive sins? Jesus said, which is easy for me to say, thy sins be forgiven or take up thy bed and walk. Be healed. Because when I, when I, when I said, thy sins be forgiven, I gave him sozo at that moment. Can you hear me right here? What Jesus said, I, I ain't coming just to forgive the man of his sin. What what kind of what kind of savior would that be? Just to come to wipe out just to, 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 what was against what, what was against you. I came to give you a whole lot more than that. I came to give you life and life more abundant. And the abundant life is not just walking around knowing that you've been forgiven. The abundant life is knowing that when sickness gets upon your body that I, I already defeated that too. Come on, somebody, and if something's tormenting you, I've already defeated that too. So, so this is what he gave. He gave us salvation. But listen, a lot of people where you and I are living at don't know that they've been, they don't know what else they got. It's like opening a Christmas gift and, and, and there was another gift hidden in the box that you didn't even open and realize you had because we still got people down here in the south that get sick and say well you know granny got cancer because our family ain't living right and God's trying to get our attention are you crazy if God was if any dad on the face of the earth was like that they would incarcerate him and God is not an evil God come on somebody he's a good God that loves us and he's passionate about us how can we accuse him of stuff like that he's never done that God don't send tornadoes through communities wrecking homes and wrecking lives. That is not an act of God. Come on. Well, where did that come from, preacher? That came from the fall. Because the earth shook and got tilted off of what God originally set it on. Come on. well, well, preacher, I guess you you know you know God is sovereign, and God is in control. Is God in control? I'm out here on the limb, Junior. You hear me? Just crunk the chainsaw up, put the trampoline down there, and be a hard hit. Is God in control? I'm asking you. Is God in control? The earth, he's get, listen, if God was dominating the earth with control, he said this. He said, it's not my will that any should perish. That means they'd be walking in this church this morning. But obviously he ain't pushing them in this room. Hello. Jesus said, it's not my will that any should perish, but yet they're perishing every day on the superhighway headed straight to the devil's hell. Why? Listen the earth he's given to the sons of men listen and we've got to we have got to get in our role in the earth is what I'm preaching this morning we have got to take our our place in prayer our place our place of influence we yield back because and I'm guilty. I'm guilty too. I mean, like I told Amanda, how can you go to a state? How can you go to the highest judicial place that we have in this country and watch the news? And, and listen, both sides is corrupt. I I I mean, come on. They they these are changing. What? But my God, when you when you constantly see, how do you have faith to do that? You have to believe in your position. And I ain't going to preach this, this is a message to be preached later on, but when Jesus showed up to Caesarea Philippi in Matthew chapter 16, he took his disciples 30, 30 miles outside of the way of his journey. Why did he take them on 30 miles outside the way? Listen, they weren't trying to save gas because they was on foot or a camel. He takes them 30 miles outside of the way to Cesarea Philippi. Cesarea Philippi is a, would be equivalent to Las Vegas, New Orleans, and San Francisco all rolled up in one. The most wicked city that they could find, Jesus takes them there. And he pulls up beside this rock that had this image of this goat, which was a, which was a sexual, sensual God in that area. And it had his eyes rolled back as he was aroused. They were standing right there at that rock. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, who do men say that I am? Peter says, some say that thou art Elijah. Some say that thou art John the Baptist. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ. Notice that he didn't say thou art Jesus. Jesus was his name given to him by Mary. But Christ was what heaven was looking at because Christ means Christos, anointed one. He said, but thou art the Christ. And he said, blessed art thou, Simon, son of Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father in heaven. And upon this rock I will build my church. Now, I've heard about this. I'm just throwing it. I've heard that that rock was some, where the Catholics would say that rock was Peter because Peter was the first father of the church, if you will, okay? I've heard others say the rock was the revelation that he got. But I believe Jesus was standing there pointing at that rock, that God that they held up. He said, listen, right here from this wicked place. Okay, no up in here. Right here from this wicked place I will build my church And that gate will never prevail With what I'm doing in the earth That's the, that. this is the message of the kingdom that we've got to get ingrained in our being to stand in that place that when I come here and pray, I'm not praying to some little wimpy preacher right here in the south trying to hold on to the rapture, but I'm standing here as an ambassador of heaven calling all of heaven saying, God, move in this region. Let revival flow. Awaken the hearts of your people. My God. That was Ric Flair and Dusty Rose rolled up in one. I'm fit to pull Hagsaw Jim Duggan out on the last one. Jesus said, From this place, boys, look how wicked this place is. From right here is where I'll build it. And we, the church, we scared of wicked places is in the earth, like it's going. Like, listen, I don't come in here. We didn't come in here this morning, Matt, and I was the first one in this room. We didn't get in here when we flipped the power switch and say, "Oh, darkness, would you get out the building?" When we turned the when we turned the switch, that light ate up every ounce of darkness in this town. The Bible says, "Where sin abound, grace does much more abound." We are a city set on the hill. That is the power of the church, friend. We are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses savor, how far will it go? Now, in Luke 17, this kingdom message, I'm almost done. What's the time there, Elder? 11.41. 1141. We're right on schedule. We're right on schedule. The flight is to be at Sisters at 12.15. We're right on schedule. Keep your seatbelt on. It might get crazy. It might hit the turbulence right here on this one. Listen, when Jesus came and he began to come with the kingdom message, the Pharisees and the Sadducees was waiting on a military takedown over Rome. They were tired of being up under that bondage. They were scared they was going to lose their influence in place. And so what they wanted Jesus was to overthrow Rome and get them out of that. He didn't come like that. That's why they did not recognize him. Listen, the most trained men on the face of the earth that was trained, that was handed every scripture, every point of reference, Who knew the Bible did not recognize him. Now, what Jesus said, listen, one of the things, this is what I'm trying to get out of me, because this was bred to me real strong in the Pentecostal church. We look for signs that happen on the outside. If we don't see it, if we, if we can't see something manifesting, we don't think they got it. Another thing is with healing, if we don't feel it, we don't know sure, for sure if they got it. God doesn't move on our feelings, He moves on His Word. Listen. The word is just as powerful. with you standing in Walmart? Is it if it is? As Matt just got through singing, he'll take me through the fire. The word is just as powerful inside of a grocery store, inside of Dorsey's, as it is as when you were standing up there singing that song. But because we feel the anointing in the presence, we think it's easier. We have got to have faith in the word. Kenneth Hagin said this for years. I don't believe in healing because I've seen healings. I believe in healing because the Bible says he heals. There's been missionaries that were not filled with the Spirit but got revelation of Acts 10, 38 and brought miracles all over the missionary field without ever being Spirit-filled just because it said that Jesus went about doing good, healing all that was sick and oppressed of the devil. That's having faith in the Word. All right. So they were looking for this big outward manifestation. Now let me say this. You will not see the you will not see the power of the kingdom on the outside first. It's hidden. The kingdom is like a woman that hid leaven in a measure of meal. Until what? The whole lump became leaven. Think about it. <laughs> He's gonna put me on a crew with men to talk like sailors. But he's gonna hide me in that leaven, like leaven. This is the only place in the Bible that leaven is speak, speak, uh, spoke of in a positive reference. He's gonna hide me there. What is his expectations of me? He expects the salt and the light that's on my life to overtake that lump he just hid me in. So listen, in Luke 17, where was that? I gotta preach this to go on, okay? Cause we ain't, gonna, we ain't gonna be able to get the plane there, okay? You just gotta trust me, okay? But he says this, he said, for the kingdom of heaven does not come with observation of men's eyes. For the kingdom lies within. So listen to me. If you're in a certain denomination and because you still got issues on the outside, they're going to tell you that what took on the inside wasn't real because you still got issues on the outside. But what you have to do is you have to allow the seed of the kingdom to grow on the inside of you, and as you feed this, it'll overtake what's happening on the outside. What he was saying: the kingdom lies within your heart. When Jesus started preaching in the beatitudes, which should be what our attitude, he went over the issues of the heart. This is where the heart. This is what's going to flow the issues of life. Uh, Proverbs chapter four. So the kingdom goes within us to transform us from the inside out. Religion works from the outside in. Cut your hair. Cover your your sleeves. Don't show your legs. I mean, you can't work out in 98 (laughs) degrees. Jesse, you follow me? So religion works from the outside in trying to get on the inside. Religion works on the outside of man but never brings reflection to the end, never brings change to the inside of the man. The kingdom goes on the inside to bring transformation from the inside out. <clears throat> now, let's go back to this. Salvation is what? Is, is forgiveness of sin, deliverance of torment, and in healing. Now Romans fourteen, um, Romans chapter fourteen, verse seventeen. Can, can you can you sling that up there for me? I'm, I may be off, but I'm beginning to put it up there and watch me misquote it. Romans fourteen seventeen. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not on the outside. It's not visible at first. Now, when the kingdom manifests, it does bring manifestations and makes it visible. Remember when Jesus said he cast out devils, what that the kingdom of God has, what came upon you? For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking him, what? But righteousness. This has to do with the sin issue. Let me tell you something. If you are born again in this room, you're righteous. If you are born again, you are righteous in this room. Well, brother, you just don't know my life. I said you're righteous. If you will believe you're righteous, you will start acting like you're righteous. Pull it back up, right? Brother. brother, hold on. We, we got some more. We... Father, help them back there, Jesus. I'll take them out on my account. Leave them here, Lord. No, I'm flat. Listen to this in peace, this has to do with torment. How many believers live in torment? Just Google how many people need help every day from a medication. I'm not knocking medication free. Don't take me where I'm not going. We have to have medication to pick us up in the morning, medication to put us down at night. We're living from an absence of peace. But the peace, listen, is evidence that we're living inside of a kingdom. Jesus said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Is that not what he said? Which is freedom. We quote that all the time and we think about church and we think about when the Spirit of God comes in this room, there's liberty and freedom of worship. But what it literally means is the evidence that you are living where you say you're living is your life is in freedom. Did you hear what I just said? The evidence that you are living in the subdivision called the kingdom of God, the evidence is that there's freedom in our life. Now, peace has to deal with destroying torment. It is the God of peace that what crushes Satan underneath your feet. And joy in the Holy Spirit takes care of the disease and sickness. For what laughter is a medicine, what to the soul. So inside of this kingdom message, Let's wrap this up because I ain't gotta get, I can't get where I'm all trying to go. But Let me say this. The gospel, the gospel has to reach the whole entire man. It can't just forgive us. It's got to reach every part of our being. The gospel has, the message that we preach has to work outside of this room. If, it is, if the message we preach does not work outside the walls of this church, it is not the message at all. It has to transform from church life into all walks of life. You're only here two, I mean, three hours a week at most. Some's only here for 45 minutes. Had to throw that out there. Well, I got to jab them. God forgive me that. (laughs) Your present in body, let's say that. <laughs> we need to get a video camera back out and do a, Do what? and to see what we see. And you like so I like stay faith. Just just stay in faith, Pastor. Just my have faith. I mean, I'm having faith that I'm speaking to your spirit man on the inside because the natural man is being gone. But the gospel has to reach my entire being. Are you with me? It should give me peace. I should believe that I'm righteous before God. Now, what's my time, Elder? I'm, I'm almost done. I got to wrap this up. Will you play right here for a minute? Huh? Nine fifty. Eleven fifty. See, people's gonna hear this thing. Man, he's worried about the time. I am. I'm hungry. <laughs> <clears throat> You can't tell a lie on church. (laughs) What I believe about telling a lie, I heard Bishop Joseph Garlington say one time a lie, it is a present help in a time of need. (laughs) Hot. Listen to me. Listen, the message of the kingdom is not just about Pentecost. it's not just about the spirit's power; it entails far more than that. Now, listen to this. I told, I told, what was it? I told you this Wednesday? I think it was about this. And I, I'm calling to saying this, but I'm trying to learn. Okay, how many's ever read the book God's Generals? We have that. We, we I, I have, those. I've read, um, um, and in the book Quest for Revival, that I've read it several times. Matt just said I'm, I picked this book up again the other day and showed it to me and read it. <clears throat> how many knows if you read those, those books, those men and women did phenomenal stuff. Would we all agree with that in this room? Brought the power of God. How many would also say a lot of them did not end up well in that book? Why? Now listen to this. Now this is, this is accounts that I've read. That at John G. Lake's services, they said that they would, when they would begin to worship God and the choir would begin to sing, that on occasions they would have to hold people by the ankles to hold them on the ground. That they would start floating up. Someone said, well, don't believe that right there now. He's telling something. We don't believe for much, to be honest with you, friend. When Jesus said that the message until now, John, He said, until now, but he said the message of the kingdom is being preached. Look at what Jesus said and he said all is pressing into it. He didn't say some, he said all. Now, why I, I, I do not believe in universalism. But like I heard Bill Johnson say this, we should never lower the bar to the few. That he said that, that say a fews coming in. He said all is coming in. When our message is right, our fruit will be right. People are hungry for a message of hope. How can God change my family? We well, can with a message of the kingdom. Another account that John G. Lake lost his wife. I believe he lost his wife in Africa. It's been a while since I studied him. When he come back, that his children did not have a man with this much power. Listen to me. In, in, I want to think it was 1906, about the same time, I could be behind. I can tell you this: that Spokane, Washington, when his ministry was there, which has started the healing rooms, that Cal Pierce has now redug that well and has that ministry. But when he was in Spokane, Washington, it was declared the healthiest city in America because that man lived there. Every Saturday they would have parades where the where they would like they had stuff with wheelchairs, crutches. I mean, all kind of stuff just. And the sick would be that was in them, would be walking through the streets with their bed in their hand because they'd been healed. <clears throat> his children had a distaste for that. Why? A man walking in that realm of God, listen to this, that a lot of times after he lost his wife, it said that the Spirit of God would overtake him in the house and that he would just be out just be out in the presence of God and His children were neglected. Listen. Now let me ask you this. What's more important? We're struggling right here. What's more important? That I bring lightning from heaven? Or that when I leave the earth my children say I want a model of life just like my dad had. I want to pursue God. So so we make this statement and I used to say this all the time. I've said this recently that God is all you need. God is not all you need. That's not true. People gasping, Junior. God is not all you need because because you are more than a spiritual being. You have a body and you have a soul. And listen, if, if one of those areas of your triune being get out of discord, it will affect every other area of your life. That's why John said in his epistles, Beloved above all, I want you to prosper. Prosperity is a sign of the triune being being whole. And when God said, I want you holy as I'm holy, He's not talking about whether you got what, He's not talking about your actions. He says, I want you to be complete as I'm complete. I'm complete. I'm a triune being complete. I'm not worried about Jesus getting the upper hand. And when the, Holy, and when the Holy Ghost is on the earth showing out doing all that He does, we're not sitting up here offended. Because we know this, that when He left, He said this, I ain't going to say nothing on my own account. I'm going to say exactly what Jesus said to save me. And Jesus ain't saying nothing that He didn't get the thought from His Father. So the gospel not only touches my spirit, man, it touches my physical body. Not only that, it brings healing to my soul, my emotions. We got people that are strong in spirit. That they, they a lot of those in there were they were so far ahead of us in the realm of the spirit. One major tent evangelist succumbed to alcohol. Why? Because other needs were unmet in his life. Your physical body has needs. It needs sleep. It needs rest. And it needs food. Does it not? Go outside this room. Go Live down in that swamp. Don't kill nothing. Just stay down there and say, God's all you need. We'll do your funeral. The message of the kingdom entails the whole man. And this is, what, this is what I believe, and I'm not highlighting them, but this is what I believe why, why Bethel has come to everything that they do. is a. Because here's the thing, I don't care what other movement you want to look at, they're reading Bethel's books. They're not writing their own, they're reading theirs. And what they have modeled is the fullness of the whole man. You, are you with me? The whole man. That's what moral revolution, the whole deal of moral revolution has really little to do about sexuality, but it has everything to do about becoming a whole man. you Are you, 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 you following me? The message of the kingdom deals with the entire family, it deals with the entire person. This is the present truth that God is speaking right now in the earth that we want, that. That's the message I want to run with. That's the whole deal of tabernacles. Pentecost wasn't the final feast. Tabernacle come to bring the fulfillment, the fullness of the indwelling presence of God. That yes, we know how to worship on this stage. Listen, I'm, I'm just getting in my life right now. I'm strong in the air of the Spirit. I'm telling you, I can preach. If you call me back this evening at two o'clock, let me go get a piece of chicken. I can throw it down. Okay, that's no problem. But you know where I'm weak at? I'm weak in some areas. I'm weak when it comes to just having fun and relaxing. But if I don't, if you don't learn how to do that, that'll take you out. But yet I grew up in a church. If you miss a church service, Catherine, I can tell you, can tell you right now, if we left right now, someone said, "Listen, I'm flying you to Hawaii next week." Sunday morning, we got up. She's like, she'd We should have went to church. So if I'm, if I'm off the, last, the only time, the Sunday I was gone, when I was pain, I felt guilty as a dog. Do you think that's coming from my father? Or do you think that's coming from religion that's in me? It ain't coming from dad. It's coming from that religious spirit in us that thinks we got to be something. That's the whole deal that took Eve out in the garden. If you do this, you're going to be like God. You're already like God, friend. You're created in the image of God this morning. You know what? You look just like your daddy. Well, you, you don't know what I did. I'm telling you, if you believe that you look like your daddy, you will start acting like that. Christianity is not about doing. It's about being. Did you hear what I said? Religion is about doing. But I'm telling you the message of the kingdom is not about doing. It is about being and living from that place of being inside of him. Even I'm done right here. But even when Paul said to put on the armor of God, he's not talking about putting on a piece of armor every day. He is describing the life of Christ to the believer. If you're in Christ, this is on your life. I don't have to get up every morning and make sure my feet shall with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Make sure I got the breastplate of righteousness. Make sure the helmet of salvation. Shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. The Lord's guard about with the spirit of truth. No. If I'm in Christ, every bit of that is on me. So the message of the kingdom touches the whole man. It is a message that penetrates to the depth of man and pulls him out from that place on the inside and brings him to and brings him to a complete wholeness. When we get a group of people as Christians on the face of the earth that is walking in wholeness, we will see one massive move of God, and they will want to come in this place when we become whole. But the reason why they're not running in here is because minding your language. At the gas pump, when we say, I don't know what we're going to do. We ain't going to make it, Lord. I'm the world's worst at saying stuff like that. Listen, we're going to make it because he made it. We're not whole. Some of you are strong. Listen, if we were strong in the body, we wouldn't be overweight. Don't preach me down when I'm shouting good. Well, don't don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Set it back Am I right? Huh? How are we going to be? Listen. How old are you, Mr. Billy? 76 years old. If we want to see that, we've got to learn how to get the gospel to the body. we praying, you know, Lord, help me get off these diabetes and cutting a piece of cake like that. My grandfather did that. God going to heal me of these diabetes. He cut red velvet like that. Yeah, God healed him at 64 years old went to be with the Lord and Mr. Jimmy's all the time saying he said you know how they bury diabetics a piece at a time are you listening to me now so this is what we gotta have the gospel to the body you can be as strong as you are in the spirit but if your body be weak you're going out of this earth are you with me We had to have a gospel to the soul. Get us off of Prozac. Get us off of everything that's helping us sustain to cope with this life. And know that God can help us. Now I'm not beating us up if we're on that. I'd need something like that three days a week probably. (laughs) But the gospel has to reach the soul. Paul said, I pray that the God of peace sanctify you. Body, soul, and spirit.